light it up, friends. It's week eight of Dumpster Fire Sports. When I say light it up, I'm not talking about anything other than that dumpster and these lineups and this money that I'm about to light on fire this weekend and another weekend of uh, DraftKings action. So, Shark Daddy on the outs this week again. JKNKC is with me. Um, I'm BGVO. Uh, find us on Twitter at Dumpster Sports. And let's get to some action. First off, Joe, did you see the story? I think I sent it to you, but somehow you just seem to ignore the stuff I send. Did you see the story about the guy that finished the slate in first place in the Millie Maker? I don't know that it was last week, but a couple weekends ago, maybe. The game ends. He's in first place. Yeah. He's winning the Millie. Yep. He's like, I'm tripping out. He calls his parents. He texts his friends. He goes and takes his dog for a walk. Plans on how he's going to spend his million dollars. Comes back, refreshes just to get a look at that eight figures on the DraftKings screen. And there was a stat correction. And they switched a sack to a run loss for a quarterback, dropped him down to sixth, and he ended up winning three grand. Yeah. Talk about brutal. How do you handle that? I, I am uh I'm throwing things if that's me. I mean Right. Including I, my phone. Man. Yeah. I flip a table for sure. And here's the thing half hour i probably have to call back some people and apologize for some stuff i said <laughs> when i thought i was rich for that 25 minutes right yeah Here's that's the thing. that's right dude imagine what if he really was tripping out took this dog on a walk and like called up some chick and was like i'm divorcing my wife i got a million bucks we're moving to punta canta or whatever <laughs> right and makes all these plans, comes back, the wife says something, and he just mushes her in the face. Like, get away from me, broad. I got to check my DraftKings account. <laughs> Checks it. He's got three grand. I mean, what's the what's the sweatiest sweat you've had over the last few years? Do you remember? I mean, I'd say it's got to be the NBA. Well, I, it wasn't the NBA lineup that I got first and because I fell asleep and didn't expect to win anything. So what'd you uh, end up winning though? I won 400 bucks. Oh, nice. Okay. A dollar, but sure. I was asleep for that. So <laughs> it wasn't very sweaty. Uh, man, I, I don't know. There was, there was a showdown last year that I had Traquan Smith that I got first in that it was pretty sweaty. I mean, here's the thing. Um, you know, Brandon and I shared that lineup. And it was down to the fourth quarter, and we were in the top 20 of the Millie Maker. What lineup and, was that? <laughs> I forget exactly. Something about Green Bay. Stack. Oh, oh, I, I seem to remember being left out of that lineup for some reason. Show up to basketball. Okay. But anyway, anyway, listen. So it's down to the fourth quarter, and we're in the top 20. So every few minutes, we're moving up and down. And at one point, there's less than five minutes left in the game, and we're looking at 40 grand. Bro, I went to cars.com. I'm looking at trucks I'm fixing to buy. <laughs> I'm looking at new golf clubs, and end up we ended up winning three grand. So 
we did drop some when somebody like ran back a pick six in the last 30 seconds of a game or something. It's brutal. But, but listen, you know, just the fact uh, this isn't going to, you know, the guy that thought he had a million after the game was over, there's no consolation and going, that's why we play the game. Cause it's fun. Right. Get that adrenaline pump and get some juice going. But let me tell you, I would never, never play DraftKings again. Yes, you would. Not in a million years. I would take everything out of my account. I'd throw it in FanDuel and give the double birds on the way out. No, I'm with you. Would but you would still play fantasy? Oh yeah, I I just give my money to somebody else. I was that close. (laughs) All right. Speaking of winning and playing fantasy, don't forget again, Dumpster Sports on Twitter. You can find our listener league. It's easy money. Although, finally coming through for the show, JKNKC Listener League last week took home three six thirty. Joe, six thirty. Six dollars and thirty cents up top two ten with the Kyler Murray Hopkins stack and uh had Tyler Lockett in there. The cra- the scoring was crazy last week, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, last week, all the chalk hit, so all the chalk donkeys like us just rolling in it. Yeah, happy man. As clams. So you had um, two snowflakes with Olsen, 3.8, the Falcons with the uh, the two ball. But look, you had Lockett with 56, which was just massive, right? Yeah. Uh, Ky- I mean, Kyler Murray just was great with Hopkins and it was kind of fun to have that stack in that Sunday night game, right? Oh yeah. Having that late night hammer and having three big players in that game. That was, that was a lot of fun for me to just watch it climb up the leaderboards. Two ten for Joe at the top. And then wake border who's been in all of our contests and we appreciate him. He may not listen to the show, but we appreciate him <laughs> joining our contest. Either way, he cashes with 208. Um, he did not have Lockett. He did have Kyler. He had Devontae Adams for 47, which was a big help. And he also had the Washington football team, which was big last week for 17. Are, are you So speaking of chalk donkeys, not mm-hmm. that Wakeboard is a chalk donkey or anything here, but uh, Wakeboarder had the probably the most duplicated lineup in cash this week. Is player that right? Player. Yeah. So let's look at the uh, ownership percentage just in our league, 42, 85, 28, 57, 28, 57, 28. Is he putting that in directly from the blitz? I mean, he's an established the run guy. Oh, so. you're right. Okay. Um, well, you're right. That was their optimal lineup, wasn't it? 208. Yeah, that was okay. that was their optimal lineup. So they're, he's just running optimal lineups against us. Mm. That doesn't seem fair. I'm running well, out my single entry GPP over here. Dog, get him. Maybe we need to start charging for this because establish <laughs> the run ain't free. Right. Uh, you topped them. We'll say Joe's optimal lineup. <laughs> Coming in for 30 bucks a week. <laughs> um, down at the bottom, though. The other end of our show, Graham, who, by the way, last week said when he shows up and does the podcast, his lineups are often trash. It was this week. Uh, Shark Daddy with 115 had uh, three snowballs in there, including a minus 0.1 from McKinnon. Yeah, that's rough. Which has to hurt. Here's the thing. 
Um, besides Kamara, who he had at 85%, nobody else he drafted was above 20%. So the guy, he's going for it. Yeah. I mean, and, and last week, last week was not the week to be contrarian, obviously no. with all of the chalk just going ridiculously ham. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, yeah. Last week, if you didn't, if you didn't play Jamal Williams and or Gio Bernard in every lineup, then stop playing DraftKings. Well, I should because I didn't. Oh dear. I did have some. Uh, I don't know how much, but I had Lockett in a lot of them, so That's that good. saved me. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's talk about Week Eight. <clears throat> All right, let's get into it and let's see what we're looking at. Um, Joe, let's start out with quarterbacks. And I've told you this several time, uh, times over text. What do you think? I cannot get away from this Tennessee-Cincinnati game. Part of it is Burrow. The guy's on a heater for sure. He's appealing. Um, I love Tennessee, and this is a good spot for them. I think Tennessee uh, certainly has an option – you know, certainly has a chance to get up fairly big, putting a ton of pressure on Burrow to throw a lot. So um, obviously Tannehill a little bit more expensive, but am I just being, uh, you know, am I looking for a snowflake when I'm talking about stacking either Tannehill or Burrow? I think you're looking for a snowflake more with Tannehill with him being that elevated price tag and, like you said, there's a good chance that Tennessee gets out to lead in this one. So I like the Burrow side of it. He's got three good pass catching options that you can stack him with. Um, the ghost of AJ Green seems to be coming back to life and actually doing something. So that's good. Um, but I, I think you can definitely stack Joe Burrow with a couple of his pass catchers and then bring it back with a uh, maybe Derrick Henry or uh, AJ Brown from Tennessee, depending on how you think that game's going. So I'll tell you, you know, I love this uh, spreadsheet. So colorful, Joe. <laughs> just whoever's putting this together, they just do a great job of the color coding. I mean, they even color code the teams in the spreadsheet. I, I share it on our Twitter feed. You can check it out. Maybe everybody's using it. But I will tell you, Tennessee, really bad against wide receivers, decent against the run. Um, Cincinnati pretty good against the run. Um, and their defense actually isn't that bad. Uh, but I think Tennessee is going to overpower them, right? I yeah, mean, that Tennessee figure. offense is a lot better than people think. Right. And obviously, so this is another one of those spots, especially on the Tennessee side, where I feel like they have so many weapons. There's so many options. It's hard to pick and choose because obviously Henry – could easily get all the red zone action, even if whoever it is, you know, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Humphreys even, gets them close. So, yeah, I mean, if, if they get inside the five, you might as well chalk it up. I mean, Derek Henry's about to run it three times and bust his head into the back of the offensive line and <laughs> hope they get in. <laughs> right, lean forward. So, yeah. um so you don't hate the Burrow stack. What other stacks are you looking at? Um, man, I'm liking the San Francisco stack because it is just, it seems way too cheap this week. 
Uh, with Devo Samuel out, uh, that, that concerns me a little bit. Seattle's actually really good against tight ends, or they have been. They haven't necessarily faced the best tight ends this year. Right. Uh, and Kittle is obviously uh, on a different level than any tight end they face. Uh, he's on his own level with Travis Kelsey, and he's one of those top-tier guys. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk, I'm, I'm really liking that guy. I think they're going to try and get him the ball all over the place. Um, you actually sent me a lineup with Kendrick Bourne earlier this week, and I kind of I kind of poo pooed it, but uh, you know I'm coming around to Kendrick Bourne. He's only 3.5k, so he doesn't really have to do that much to get you uh, hit value. Um, so the San Francisco stack is looking pretty good, and Seattle is just atrocious against wide receivers. My man, giving me some props. Appreciate that. Let's not let that slide by like it didn't actually happen. <laughs> So here's the thing, Kendrick Bourne, looking at Roto Grinders projections, um, is real close to Ayuk. And I'm looking at here's what I've been doing. So if we're trying to get three X on Kendrick Bourne for three point five, you know, you're talking about eleven points, which he's projected to have if the game script goes like it should. He easily goes over that. Now, his ownership percentage looks like it's going to be uh, 12. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I don't think that's too high. Um, At what point do you start worrying about ownership percentage? What percentage concerns you? It depends on the slate and the player. So with a guy like Kendrick Bourne, if, if uh, if his projection is sitting in that 10, 12 range and he's 3.5K, I'm not too worried about it until his ownership gets up there, like up there, up there, like 25, 30%. Okay. When, when it starts getting to the point that he's got a better chance of going under that projection than, um, than his ownership, then that's when I'm starting to think this isn't the right play. So, so if you think there's a better chance of him failing than him getting there and he's 30%, I'm probably off of him. So, I mean, San Francisco doesn't have a great receiving core, right? You're right, talking about Ayuk. They also Bourne. don't throw to their receivers much. Right. So if you're talking about a stack, and I was thinking about that earlier, how often are you stacking quarterback running back? I, that, I'm not a fan. Um, I, I, I think it's okay with running backs like, like a Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara who are sure. catching eight, 10 balls out of the backfield. But those guys are few and far between. Um, the San Francisco guys are more run heavy guys. So if they're running one in, yeah, they'll get six points, but you're instantly taking away points from Jimmy Garoppolo that he's not able to get. Whereas if you have, if you have Kendrick Bourne and he gets a pass from Jimmy Garoppolo, you're getting 10 points for that touchdown instead of just, Six, yeah, just six for the run in. Okay, so if you're looking at the San Francisco stack with Jimmy G, uh, who are you thinking as far as a run back goes? Because uh, you know, obviously Lockett blew up last week. Metcalf did nothing. Is it a bounce back for DK, or are they just going to ride this Kansas State Wildcat all the way to uh, Glory Town? I think it's going to be a bounce back for DK this week. Um, but I think 
a lot of people could be thinking that. Um, I don't know what his projected ownership is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's higher than you'd think. Um, well, so according I, to when I'm Roto- looking at it, it's looking pretty good because Tyler Lockett's projected almost nine percent more. Uh, right. If that's the case, then fire up DK Metcalf. I'll, I'll have all the DK Metcalf and not much Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but Tyler Lockett's projected for more, has a higher ceiling, and costs less. But at some point, you have to say. If if Tyler Lockett doesn't get there, which very good chance that he doesn't. I mean, Tyler, it's not like Tyler Lockett's getting there every week. Tyler sure. Lockett's had a few huge games and yeah. a few not so huge games. Uh, he's had season started out great, 17, 19, 40. And then he had two in a row of 5.9, 8.4. And then he had a big one again this week. So. I mean, at some point, you just have to say, I'm going to take the lesser owned of these two guys that could still easily get there. I mean, DK Metcalf has been the more consistent receiver this year, which is why I think he is priced above Lockett. He hasn't had that huge 50, 40 point game, but every game this year, except this past week, he's been above 17 and a half points. So it sounds to me, though, since we're talking about quarterbacks, you love the Jimmy G side of that. You're staying away from a Russ stack. I think you could definitely go Russ. I, I think Russ is that guy that any week he could just go off ridiculously. And he's got the rushing upside, which definitely helps. Um, I think I was telling you this earlier this week or maybe somebody else, but if, if a quarterback runs for 40 yards, that's like they threw another touchdown. So mm. a quarterback that doesn't have that rushing upside, like – you get Matthew Stafford out here. Matthew Stafford has to throw four touchdowns to make up for Russell Wilson throwing three and running for 40 yards. Sure. Yeah, but I can see Jimmy looks appealing because he's $2,000 less. Yeah, he is. he's just so cheap that, I mean, if he can find a couple touchdowns and a decent amount of yardage, he's paying off his salary. But the Russell Wilson projected uh, ownership is lower than Jimmy. But that's that's something where Russell is so dramatically priced up. Um, he he's almost two and a half thousand dollars more. So at that yeah. point, it's it's a matter of what can I do with that extra two and a half thousand dollars that I can't do by going to Russell Wilson. Also, if you stack the Russell Wilson side, your stack is instantly more expensive. Yeah. Like if you're trying to run Russell Wilson, lock it and bring it back with Kittle, you're already what 20 grand in the hole and you got 30 grand to fill the rest of the lineup out. So when you're talking about the San Francisco side of that, you know, like you said, they're decent. Uh, Seattle actually is bad against wide receivers, decent, at least if not good against tight ends. We don't know necessarily who all they've played. Um, you playing Kittle, Kittle or not? I think Kittle is, I don't think Kittle is ever someone that I'm not going to worry about a matchup with him at any point. Um, I mean, we're saying that Seattle is good against tight ends because the numbers say that, but they've played Atlanta, New England, Dallas, Miami, Minnesota, Arizona. None of those tight ends scare me really. Sure. Um, so, I, I, and I get look, 
if you're that bad against wide receivers, why are you throwing it to a tight end? Right. Right. Especially um, on those teams who don't have that premier tight end, like a George Kittle, a Travis Kelsey. Sure. So on. All right. Didn't Green Bay just play Minnesota? Seems like they've already <laughs> played. I don't know. They played, but, uh, I think it was like week one. Okay. Well, here we are again. Green Bay, Minnesota, high over under. You got to figure this is going to be a bit of a shootout. And um, obviously, Green Bay is going to put up a bunch of t- uh, points. Um, I don't know. Where you, where where you at on that game? Because Minnesota, very bad against wide receivers. You got to think Aaron Rodgers is just going to eat them up. Yeah, I uh, I don't hate Aaron Rodgers this week. I think he's a little expensive. for. Uh, he's one of those quarterbacks that doesn't have rushing upside anymore. He used to scramble more than he does now. Um, so he's got to get it done through the air. So he needs to get that 300-yard bonus, and he needs to get you three, four touchdowns, especially at that 7.6 price. I mean, that's, that's just insane to me. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so Minnesota is second worst by the numbers – against wide receivers behind only Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's definitely a great spot for Devonte Adams, but Devonte Adams is priced ridiculously high this week too uh at 8.8k. Uh so right. if you want to one off Devonte Adams, I, I don't have a problem with that. I just don't think that you necessarily need to stack him with um Aaron Rodgers this week. I will say, and I know we're not at wide receivers yet, but I do like uh, Valdez Scantling this week um, because I do think that game is going to be high scoring and and Green Bay is going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Um, before we get off quarterbacks, I want to know where you're at on Tua time. Uh, I thought you had a pretty good take uh, on his prospects for this week. Where are you at? I am completely off of Tua this week. Um I just don't like him him against this Rams defense. The Rams have two of the best corners in football, according to Pro Football Focus. I think they were both top 10 last I heard, which was like a week or two ago. Um, They also have Aaron Donald. Don't know if you know, but that guy's good. Um, They have another guy coming off the other side that's a speed rusher that I can't think of his name right now. But, uh, I mean, I think Tua made a living in college, rolling out, throwing off-balance throws to – elite receivers against lesser competition. And I don't think that's going to work against Jalen Ramsey and the rest of this Rams defense. So you if, sound if I'm like taking anybody on this team or anybody from this game, uh, it'll probably be uh, miles Gaskins possibly from Miami, or I will go Rams defense. You sound like an early on Patrick Mahomes hater. He's not going to be able to sling that gun in the NFL. Look, I, I liked Patrick Mahomes after I saw him at Texas Tech. Uh, so I was all in on Patrick Mahomes from day one. I just, I, I don't think Tua has that arm strength. I don't think Tua, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think Tua's got the, Um, man, I, I don't know. I don't know that Tua's got his head in the game enough to be facing this Rams defense first week out. I, I think he's going to throw some picks and it's not going to go well. No, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, let's see. Uh, projected ownership at 1.1 1. 1, though. I yeah. Mean, I mean, the ownership goes is off, great, but 
I mean, you also have to remember with quarterbacks, there's never going to be like a super chalky guy. Like sure. the, the most owned guy will not be more than 15%, 20%. Right. And that's, in GPPs, in, in cash, there will be people over that. But in GPPs where you're really worried about the ownership, there won't be a guy that's over 15 20%. And at that point, I'm not really worried about it because most likely I'm stacking him. And I'm hoping that I have stack pieces that are a little lesser owned. Let's move on to running backs. Kareem Hunt, the absolute chalky of the chalk this week. Do you agree he's in a good spot uh, versus... Las Vegas, um, he's still all alone, no Nick Chubb. Uh, you got to like Hunt this week, right? Uh, yeah, I love Kareem Hunt this week. I mean, he's in, a, he's in a smash spot. He should easily go off this week. I mean, who knows if he does because it's Kareem Hunt and he likes to hate me, but uh, he should go off. I mean, he's getting like 90% of the touches out of that backfield. So the guy's getting... All the touches. This should be a decently high-scoring game. He's getting all the pass ga- down work. I mean, everything is lined up for this guy to smash this week. What about Jamal Williams? We already talked about this Green Bay-Minnesota game. His projected ownership, less than five. Um, he's fairly cheap at 6.1. How do you feel about Jamal Williams in a shootout? What we, you know, we expect against uh, Minnesota. I think Jamal Williams is a good play if Aaron Jones is out. But sure, I think Aaron Jones probably could have played last week, but Green Bay is just a little more conservative with their questionable people. So if Aaron Jones doesn't play, then I think you can throw Jamal Williams in there. No problem. But obviously Aaron Jones is in. I want nothing to do with Jamal Williams. Right. No, for sure. That's a... Last-minute decision. What about Indiana versus Detroit? That Indiana backfield is kind of interesting. DeAndre Swift last week didn't do too bad. The week before, he had 27. Last week, 14. Um, So he was 3X with nine run attempts, five targets, um, and four receptions. So you have to like that. But the Indiana backfield's a bit of a mess, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, Jonathan Taylor at 6.6 and Jordan Wilkins, the same price as Naheem Hines. Anybody you like there? I actually am all about Jordan, uh, Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, I'm liking Jonathan Taylor a lot. They're coming off a buy, so I'm hoping he gets a little more work. Um, obviously it's like I said, it's a hope. Um, Naeem Hines is still getting the pass down work for the most part, which sucks. And Jordan Wilkins, who is just a jag out there, is still getting carries for some reason. But uh, Jonathan Taylor is clearly the best back in that backfield. The problem with DeAndre Swift, to the same degree, it's not quite as split up on the other side of the ball, but DeAndre Swift has Adrian Peterson, who – is not getting a ton of action, but he's getting red zone action, and he's still Adrian Peterson, right? And he's so much cheaper. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson shouldn't be in the ball. DeAndre Swift should be the lead in this backfield. Uh, Jonathan Taylor should be the lead in the Indianapolis Colts backfield. Detroit is completely awful against running backs, so I, I am on Jonathan Taylor this week. He actually got an uptick in their last game. 
uh, and got four targets, three targets the week before that. So maybe he's getting a little more pass work. Uh, he did have 15 and 15 the last two weeks. So mm. I, uh, with him getting 15 and 16 touches the last two weeks, I, I think I'm in on Jonathan Taylor probably more than I should be. What about, uh, let's look at one more. I want to ask you about, uh, the chargers, not very good against the run. Um, Denver, as far as, uh, we got to watch, uh, Philip Lindsay, who's had some injury issues. How do you feel about the Denver backfield and anybody open to playing over there? I mean, they just got worked so bad by the chiefs. That whole team just looked like trash. When Kansas City was in town, Melvin Gordon. Now, I don't know if he's off probation or what with his Dewey, <laughs> you know, but uh, Melvin Gordon under six grand, Philip Lindsay under six grand, Royce Freeman somehow still hanging around um, at 4K, but Chargers bad against the run. Anybody there? I don't know that I love anybody in this Denver backfield. Um, Philip Lindsay is never going to be the guy that gets. 20, 25 touches that I like to have in my lineups and Melvin Gordon going up against his old team. I think they're going to be out to prove something. And uh, I don't think they're going to let him run wild by any means. Uh, It doesn't help that I like guys or at least a guy that is cheaper than him um, a lot more than him this week. Okay. So real quick, before we get to your uh, running back pick of the week, Let's talk about Lev Bell. I've been a proponent of Lev Bell this week. Um, I think that the Chiefs are just going to run over the Jets, and I think um, that even if Clyde gets a bunch of work early on, you know they don't mind pulling their starters. And I could see you know Andy letting Lev Bell run all over the Jets. I think it's a good opportunity for him to get used to the offense against a bad team let alone the revenge thread that's going on here. How do you feel about Lev Bell? He is a little pricey. Yeah, I mean, I think Lev Bell is a dart throw, and you got to tell yourself a story either way. Uh, if you fade the guy, then you got to tell yourself that they're going to try and protect him for later in the year. If you play him, you got to tell him that you, you got to tell yourself that Andy Reid is a player's coach, and he's going to try and get left bell into the end zone a couple times, but I mean, honestly I mean, last week he split carries with CEH. Um, CEH had like eight and left bell had six. Obviously that game was a blowout and the chiefs offense was out. What mid third quarter, mid fourth quarter. So they didn't get their full complement of snaps, but that could easily be this game again. And they could easily sit their guys and, worry about not getting people hurt because they're more worried about the Super Bowl. Um, and I think they've shown that with their game plans. When they're playing the lesser competition, they're coming out and they're very vanilla. And when they go up against Baltimore, who they think is decent competition, they come out and run all these ridiculous plays and make Baltimore just look awful. Well, you're right. I mean, there's something to be said for do they hide Lev Bell or do they put him out there and go, look, where he's going to be a huge part of our offense, you know, to confuse folks. You just don't know what Andy's going to do. I'm using him as a dart throw, not not in anything big, but I do like him as a dart throw because I'm telling a story. All right, you're running back pick of the week. Give it up. So 
I mean, I think one thing that we need to look out for big time, this is not the guy that I was about to talk about, but oh. um, the Seattle backfield is super yeah. beat up. Uh, Chris Carson's looking like he's going to miss for sure. Uh, right? Carlos Hyde might miss. And their third back, uh, Homer, might also miss. He's got some kind of knee bruise. Uh, Pete Carroll tried to make it sound like it wasn't much of anything. But if all of those guys miss, uh, DJ Dallas is their fourth guy. He would be their one of their only healthy running backs. They'd have to bring somebody up from the practice squad. And uh, if that's the case, uh, sign me up for all the DJ Dallas at the min price. <laughs> yeah, four grand. He doesn't have to do a lot, especially if he starts. Right. I mean, he gets there pretty easy. All right, who's your special, though? Come on. I think Miles Gaskin is the guy this week. He is just getting way too much work. Uh, Tua being a rookie quarterback, I don't see them trying to put it all on his shoulders right away. Uh, I think Miles Gaskin is going to continue to get just a ridiculous workload. Um, and the last few weeks, he's gotten uh, 22 touches, 21 touches, 14 touches, uh, 27 touches. I mean, the guy's just getting the ball constantly and he's 5,200. I don't know what this guy has to do to get above like 5k, but until he's way above it, I'll I'll keep taking him. Uh, Let's see how much everybody's on him. Uh, Do you think he's going to be crazy chalk? He's only 15% ownership. How do you feel about 15? I'm game for 15. Like I said earlier, um, it, it depends on the player. And Miles Gaskin at 5K, I'll, I'll take 15 all day. Okay. I'm with you. Lock him up. Um, then who do you like? Kamara Henry? Cook, who's your pr- high price guy this week? I Aaron think, Jones, if he plays? I think all three of those guys are in really good spots. I, I don't know that I'll be on Aaron Jones. I mean, I haven't really thought about him, I guess. Uh if he plays, I'm sure I'll have a sprinkle here or there. I think Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, all are in great spots. Um, and I'll have them somewhere. If I if I run those Burrow stacks, I'll probably have some Henry coming back because I, I expect Tam, uh, Tennessee to get out early and force Cincinnati to keep throwing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that game's going to be interesting. All right, let's move on. Quickly to a wide receiver. Who are you looking at? Who's your favorite wide receivers this week? Uh, my favorite wide receiver this week. This is another guy that I don't know what he has to do to get priced up. Um, and he should be in your cash lineup no matter what, almost. Uh, Keenan Allen is yeah. 6.2K. Mm-hmm. And the man is just getting fed the ball constantly. Um. 6.2K for a guy that is getting the amount of targets that he's getting is just insane. He got targeted 13 times last week. Uh, The week that he got hurt, he had two, obviously. The week before that, he had 11. The week before that, he had 19. So, I mean, the volume that this man is getting is just ridiculous. And you know how much I love volume. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen is your number one cash guy. If you are making a cash lineup this week... It starts with Keenan Allen and moves on from there. What about uh, Vegas? Cleveland, obviously, um, you know, Cleveland's getting W's in kind of ugly ways. Um, Where are you at on Las Vegas wide receivers as 
Cleveland in the bottom three of defenses against wide receivers? Um, so in this game, I actually don't mind this game as a game stack. Uh, I think Nelson Aguilar is my guy. Okay. For the Raiders. I don't think he's probably projecting very well. Um, but I think he's the number one guy there. I think if, if, if their guy, Brian Edwards, the other rookie comes back this week, then we have something to worry about. But I mean, Aguilar just has gotten a new life since going to Las Vegas. Yeah, but what about uh, rugs? Three targets, three targets last two weeks. Not ideal. Yeah, not not my favorite. Yeah, what about what about Hunter Renfro? Less than four K, six targets last week. He's had games with eight and nine. I like Hunter Renfro because he's so cheap. But if I mean, if he was any more expensive, I probably wouldn't be on him. He's not one of those guys that's gonna have a huge game unless he just falls into the end zone and gets lucky with it. Sure. Um, we already talked about, uh, San Francisco going up against Seattle's horrible defense. What about Philly and Dallas? This is going to be a weird game. Um, Dallas just in a really bad spot. Their defense is really bad. How do you feel about Philly wide receivers this week? Well, I love the Philly Dallas game, but it's the Sunday night game. So it is not. Oh, no. Okay, good. Well, anyway, you still like Philly though? Yeah, I, I actually am. I have Carson Wentz in my one and only Thursday Monday slate. He's my uh, captain. He's he's my quarterback uh, because he's just been playing out of his mind the last few weeks, at least fantasy wise. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not in real life, but fantasy wise, he's been playing pretty well, getting putting those points up there. Let's uh, talk tight ends. Obviously, there's a few elite guys, and then basically everybody else. Um, the one I'm looking at, and this is a lot because of my season long situation. That's kind of a mess right now, but Harrison Bryant, um, he's actually because of, uh, an injury looks like he's going to be the starter. Um, not a lot of targets so far on the season did have five targets, four catches, two touchdowns last week. Um, he's still pretty cheap. In a game, looks like it's going to be pretty high scoring. Harrison Bryant at three point two is somebody I'm looking at. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate Bryant this week. I think last week was definitely his ceiling game, so I don't yeah. think we can expect that twenty one again. Sure. Um, I mean, if he doesn't get in the box twice last week, then he's sitting at like nine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think he's definitely a play. He's definitely one of the cheaper guys that I would look at if you're kind of looking to punt off tight end. Um, Who else are you looking at? I'm actually looking at the guy on the other side of the ball because I think Cleveland is not good against tight end, and Darren Waller is yeah one of those guys that's up there in that top tier of tight end. Yes. That's true. They're not, they're not great. They're, yeah. <laughs> uh, Waller also gets fed targets like nobody's business. Um, you know his, who else? his last three weeks has been nine, seven, and eleven. So, wow! Give me that guy for fifty six hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the final one I'm going to tell you, and this probably isn't any sort of a secret, but Jonu Smith, um, 
I really like him a lot this week. Is he in the slate? He's playing tonight. No, he's in the slate. Where is he? He's on Tennessee. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to pull him up. There he is. Okay. Um, Jonu Smith, I really like. He's 4.1. Um, I like him this week. Uh, Cincinnati, again, bad against uh, tight ends. He's not getting the volume lately, but he was at 7, 5, 8, 7. Uh, been at 2 and 4. He started out the season really hot. Um, had some tough games. Obviously, Pittsburgh last week is a tough matchup, but I like Jonu Smith this week. Fersker isn't my favorite because he's been stealing targets. Uh, against Houston, he had nine, and he kind of went crazy with a touchdown. Yeah, I think that was the uh, – I think I think Jonu got injured in that game, actually. So Okay. Um, I like Jonu uh, Smith this week uh, as a tight end. Do you have anybody else you're really eyeballing? I mean, Kelsey, obviously. But again, like you said, you don't want to get into a situation where the Chiefs start really blowing up the Jets and just start running the ball. Right. Right. I mean, Travis Kelsey last week in the blowout, his uh, his average depth of target last week was like negative a half a yard because he caught that screen pass that's behind the line of scrimmage twice. Oh. So his Average depth of target was behind the line of scrimmage. Obviously, he finished with more yardage than that. But, I mean, it, it's just uh, – if you can guess, right, who the Chiefs are going to score on offense with right. to get to this blowout, you could be great. But if you guess wrong, and it's easy to guess wrong with our Chiefs, um, then you're just – that lineup's dead. Right. Well, and and really, it's unlikely that one person really goes crazy. Yeah. Right. They have so many options. Kelsey can have a good game, but I don't think he's going to go lock it. Right. Tyreek can have a really good game and he can have steady good games, but he's not going to go lock it. Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I know I think that's a, someone on this team could have one of those ceiling games and they just go ridiculously off like that. Um, but I think it, it would be more few and far between, especially it's not going to happen in a game like this against a team that you're supposed to win by more than the other team's supposed to score, which how often does that happen? <laughs> right. Very rare. Uh, look for a big game from the chiefs. It could be kind of sick this week. All right, Joe, um, what are you doing this week? More cash, more GPPs, you, which, what do you think this week's going to go for you? Um, I always try and have, uh, enough cash games to cover my GPPs. So, um, say I'm playing $10 in cash, I'll play like eight bucks in GPPs or whatever. Uh, I might be a little heavier than that, but we don't want to say that too loud. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just have enough cash games in that it covers my GPPs. So if, if all my double ups hit, then I'm roughly covered for, even on the week. Yeah. You're covered for all your GPP losses. Yeah. 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 I don't know that I love that. It makes sense. Why? It's but reasonable as soon and it's as, smart. As soon as my cash hits and then my GPP hits, I'm just rolling in it. How's that going to happen? Because they're two different lineups. Well, I still throw my cash into the one of my GPPs. I mean, well, come on now. I don't know. When it does, I'm going to be right there with you. <laughs> Car shopping, okay? Don't sweat that. All right, last time, let me mention it one more time. Get in the Listener League. 
Dumpster Sports on Twitter. You can find the link. I don't know. Can you search a league on DraftKings? I don't even know. I, but I don't know if you can. I don't either. So uh, find us on Twitter. We could use the follows. Uh, find us there. Joe, if you win the Millie this week, what's the first thing you buy? I'm buying a new car. Okay. That car out of the garage is not doing it. <laughs> the guy I was, uh, Osimo did an interview with the guy that won a recent Millie, and he was saying that his first purchase was going to be a car because he was driving a 2002 like Nissan Sentra or something with 200 plus thousand miles. That I love to see. Right, let me tell you, this 08 Cobalt out here with 180,000 <laughs> isn't looking much better. I would love to see somebody like you win it, not just because. I would love to see know. somebody like me win it too. <laughs> All right, maybe this will be the week. Joe, good takes. Uh, go out there and uh, win one. Hopefully, Shark Daddy will be next week. Uh, join us next week as well. Thank you to our listener. We appreciate you uh, for joining us. For JKNKC, for uh, Shark Daddy, I'm Brady Goodman. And uh, go uh, light a dumpster on fire.